Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an army of normal folks. And we continue with part two of our conversation with Amy Crenshaw, right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. All right, so day one you open, you're so scared to death. How do people in the community even know? How do the homeless know and how do the non-homeless know what the world's going on? Yeah. It's just, it's a community cafe, but how does everybody know? I guess you have to walk in and figure it out. You do. You kind of had to walk in and figure it out. And well, at that were point- people, I mean, I guess I, I'm, I'm imagining some lawyer walking in. Mm-hmm. And right behind them, some homeless dude, Mm -hmm. and they both had to been looking at each other like, what's Uh going on? Yeah. Well, at that time, we had, I had the sweetest little old lady, and no kidding, she was old. She was probably, I'm, I'm thinking she was like 85. She was a friend's grandmother that came and volunteered to be our greeter. So she had this whole little thing and it said, hey, welcome to Community Cafe. And she'd say, do you know anything about us? And they'd say, no. And she'd say, well, we're a nonprofit donation-based cafe. We believe everybody's entitled to great healthy food. So what that means is if you can't afford a meal, come on in, volunteer for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And then you come around the counter and you order your lunch just like everybody else is ordering their lunch. Come in, have a seat, oh, and let's... volunteer first. Right, right. Although there's there's a caveat to that. Okay, you know, a lot of times if somebody comes in and says I'm starving or I'm freezing to death, I always feed them. First. I get it. Yeah, but the idea it's just, is yes. volunteer first. Volunteer first because we've actually had a couple people walk out. You know, after they've eaten. <laughs> um, so volunteer and does then... that make you angry? No, not why anymore. wouldn't it? You know, I don't mean angry for you. Yeah, it makes it would make me yes. angry that they're taking from other people right. who need it. Now it makes me yes, it's righteous anger. It makes me angry for 
the other there people, fell a person yeah on the street that's the what pe- i mean the person that sleeps in that's the tent just, next that's, to that's, them maybe that's, exactly that's it does unbelievable selfishness to people who are trying to help you right and because i have no social work background it has taken me and i learn something every day it has taken me a lot of time to learn what the right responses are to that it has take would you ban them we well i was just getting ready to say we banned a couple people um, you should. Yes, we absolutely have banned a couple people. I can only think of four in the nine years that we've banned. And I have one little fellow that calls me mama and he'll come in and he actually pulled a knife on somebody. <laughs> so I have banned him for life. <laughs> he pulled a knife yeah. on someone? I don't think he really, yeah. Was he cutting up a Salisbury steak? No, he oh. just went in the kitchen and yeah, got yeah. a knife and yeah, well, was mean, mad at one of our other volunteers. Part of what we have to talk about is... Not only are these folks homeless, a lot of them probably have mental illness. Oh, yes, absolutely. And he definitely does. And calls me mama, and I'll see him out on the street and go, Mama, can I come to work today? I promise I'll behave. (laughs) And, you know, I'll tell him, come on in and I'll get you something to drink. You know, I'll get you a hot cup of coffee or, you know, whatever. So, and we usually will send him out with the soup or something like that. We really try real hard. And I can't think of... I really can't think of anybody that we have actually turned away with nothing. Um, so we but, will. but here's the thing. You've got to have enough people coming in that are paying above to cover the people that we're mm-hmm. talking about right now. Right. I and I you know it can only- I, I guess this is the um I would say the realist in me, but mm-hmm. but also, um, unfortunately, when you're in business for 30 years and everything else, you, you've seen you've seen some of the greatest of the humanity, mm-hmm. but you've seen some of the worst. Yeah. And I just I, I'm envisioning how many people are out there that are working every day. I mean, let's be honest. There's a stigma around the homeless. Mm-hmm. They're oh, stinky. Absolutely. They're lazy. Mm-hmm. They're mentally sick. Yep. They want something for nothing. Yep. And and again, I'm saying the stigma. Right. What I'm repeating. Absolutely. And when I'm working and paying my bills and taking care of my kids and building my house note, why do I want to take my one hour of lunch break to go sit down and eat with people mm-hmm. who I feel that way about? Yeah. So how does that work? How do you how, do, how get, do you get those people to do that? And how do they come in? Or, or why do they come back every day? We have yeah, people that's that a, How does in. that work? Well, you need to come see the cafe. Well, I can't. Neither I can know. everybody else listen. So you've got to tell so me. So I'm going to tell you when we decided. No, I can. I will come see okay. the cafe. But, you need to. But all the thousands mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. and sisters right so now. So what I'm going to tell you is that um, people will walk in the door. I had one guy who is... A local singer, he does a lot in Europe, um, and he walked in one day, his his wife brought him in or said, you know, you need to go in. His wife lives in Jackson. They live in Jackson. And he walked in, and he got teary-eyed, and he said, did I take a wrong turn? Are we in Jackson, Tennessee? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's not because, I mean, I'm 63 years old, so I'm not the hippest of people, you know, (laughs) but it has got, it's just, it's a happy place. There's glass on two sides up front. Our logo at the bottom says to love, to feed, to dignify. It's bright. 
It's white. I've got great artwork. And one of the things that I said was, I want people to feel like they're coming and having lunch or dinner at my house. So we will have glasses on the table. We will have salt and pepper shakers on the table. We'll eat on real plates. We'll have real forks. We'll have our flatware wrapped in a napkin, you know, and just all we'll have flowers or plants on the table and we're going to treat them like they're at home or at my house. I get it. That mm-hmm. still doesn't answer how a guy in a suit and tie mm-hmm. that's an attorney downtown yep. wants to go to a place where he's going to sit next to some homeless people. You, and you know what the really amazing thing is, is that m- we've got six tables that are almost this length. We call them our community tables. Th- this length is probably 18 yeah. feet long. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's, sorry. that's I, all right. You mean the people listening can't <laughs> see this? Yeah, we're, we're, we're at a large conference room Very. table that's uh, five feet wide by 18 feet yes. long. So we've got five or six community tables that my husband built. We've got gorgeous furniture in there, handmade. My husband actually made all the tables. Bless, in there. Bless his yep. heart. And, um, and those tables fill up. We do also have some tables that are four tops that also fill up. But the, the point is the community tables fill up with homeless and non-homeless eating right exactly. there together. Exactly. That is so together. amazing. People know. I mean, the name of the cafe, Community, came from Coming to Unity. And that was one of the things that we set out to be was a bridge in the community between, for lack of better words, the haves and the have nots or, you know, the Christian and the Muslim, the, you know, black and white, black and white, the Asian and Ethiopian, Asian and (laughs) Ethiopian. I mean, whatever, you know, different groups of people you can think of and and it works. It really does. I mean, my our regular customers, and when I say regular customers, I mean almost every day. We have one elderly couple that she had to drag her husband in. But I told her, I said, if you can drag him in, and this has probably been seven years ago, I said, if you can drag him in, I'll feed him and he'll like our food. Tell me why he didn't want to come. He, because he, he didn't, didn't want to like eat with a bunch of homeless food. people. No, he didn't want that healthy food. Oh, he didn't want the healthy food. <laughs> He wanted fried chicken. He wanted this fried is chicken the South. For his burger. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, she drug she, him in. She drug him in. He's been there every day since. She went through a spell of cancer and was up at Vanderbilt for probably six or eight weeks. He still came in every day. The daughter was up there with the mom, and he came in every day and ate lunch with us. How <laughs> many people a day are you serving? And what are your hours? Um, we're only open Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. We start taking volunteers. So about- you're open. You're It's lunch. Lunch. Got That's it. it. We used to do a brunch on Saturdays. Um, that kind of went by the wayside. Just we have a real small staff, and it was wearing them out. That makes sense. Yes. Um, is, is your staff also your children? I, I bet your family works there, right? <laughs> they they will volunteer there. So. That's what I mean. Yeah. They're all yes. in and out. And helping. when they were little, you know, 10 years ago when we were starting to open the place, I mean, they were down there with me, you know, putting in the, using Scrubbing, the elbow grease. and whatever. Yes. Yes. I mean, we, we, we stripped the floors in there, yeah. you know, we had this big old sander thing, <laughs> you know, and yeah. So, uh, so how many people do you serve? So we serve between, you know, it was really weird. 
there for a while. 70 was a busy day. When we first opened, it was 120 a day. Easy for a year and a half, two years. Then I kind of think we weren't the new kid on the block That's anymore. That's every restaurant goes to that. Yeah, yeah. We weren't the new kid on the block anymore. We are back to serving 70s kind of a slow day. Yeah, that it's is, more uh, like 85 uh, to 95. Okay, well, let's just say, let's say 80. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many of the 80? I'm calling them, there's three tiers. Mm-hmm. There's the I got no money and uh-huh. got a volunteer mm-hmm. tier. That's mm-hmm. tier one. Mm-hmm. Tier two is I got some money, but not enough to help out anybody mm-hmm. else. And mm-hmm. then you got tier three, which is I'm going to buy my food and pay over. Right. What percent is one, two, and three? Well, one percent has stayed. Oh, it's the craziest thing because it has been across the years 12 to 15 percent. 12 to 15 percent mm-hmm. of okay. our customers are customers that are working exclusively for their meal, volunteering for their meal. And number two is I number can only two. afford mine barely. Yeah. And that's not a huge number. I mean, I will have somebody come in and go, I've only got four dollars. And I'm like, OK, order whatever you Five percent. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me about 80 percent of the people mm-hmm. that eat in this place. Mm-hmm. Pay over their. They pay at least, and full. you know when we were when we first opened, people were very generous. Um, and I'm not saying they're not generous now, but they would. It was kind of a new thing, and it was kind of like, okay, here's an extra five bucks, or here's an extra ten bucks. Most of the time now, it is they will order two items, which we have a suggested donation because. We just let people. You don't even have prices, do you? We don't have prices on the menu. So people usually stand there and kind of look like, (laughs) I have no clue what to do here. And we'd go, well, we we do have a suggested donation. If you'd like to know what that is, it's $7 for one item, whether it be soup, salad, or sandwich, even though we all know that it doesn't cost $7 to make a bowl of soup. But, you know, on the other hand, you get our sandwich, which we use boar's head Deli meat, which is the best of Probably the best. Probably costs more than seven bucks. Yes, yes. So one item, $7. Two items, whether it be soup salad or sandwich salad, is $9. And three items is $11. And that includes a beverage. Let me tell you. That's cheap. It's cheap. And we've only raised our our suggested donation one time. That one is One time. Un- yeah. We have worked really, really hard during the last you know two years to keep keep our costs you know at our my expectation my expectation would be then that you'd get the underserved (laughs) the 15 Mm percent underserved Mm -hmm. must revere this place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean they must really appreciate its existence i think they really do i think they really do and like I said, we've had a couple that have, you know, come in and tried to take advantage of the situation. And we have one. Any, anything you do to help out disadvantaged communities, there's always going to be exactly an issue here and there. Yeah. It's 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 inherent to yeah. to that kind of work. But if yeah. you let a couple of small issues interrupt the work you're doing for a much bigger issue, well, I mean, that's yeah. expected. Yep. And move on. Yep. Get over it. Yep. And, you know, at first we really required people, even if they could only give us 10 minutes or so, we 
basically required them to come in and show, you know, some effort in volunteering. We also have gotten to know that clientele. And like we have one elderly gentleman that comes in and he doesn't eat much anyways. And he'll come in and we see him coming and we'll, you know, my the chef will automatically just wrap up a sandwich for him and hand it to him. You know, there's just some out there that are not capable uh, of working. Um, Do you, boy, this may be a charged question, but <laughs> I, I, you know, just my, just human beings. Do, yeah. do you ever worry that you're fostering in some people an unhealthy sense of entitlement to free food? No, I don't, because we don't do it that very often. And we do, I mean, you know, of the 12 to 15%, probably not even, you know, of the 12 to 15% that come in and volunteer for that me their meal, only one or two of them a week is actually a meal that we just hand out. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And you know what? That's great. That's great. Yes. Everybody's willing to work. I have a gentleman in a wheelchair. I, we've had several people in wheelchairs. Homeless people in, in wheelchairs? Yeah. How yeah, does that work? It does. Believe me, they have their wheelchairs. That's somewhere. horrible. Well, they may be the. They may be not truly homeless. They may be in- Just way underserved. Right. right. Um, and they'll come in and they'll insist that they can do something. I love that. Uh, so they'll, we have order cards. Uh, we are real simple. We have an order card that is laminated and we purposely have kept those order cards because it creates a job for some of those that want to do something, but aren't able to do any more than that. Well, then the flip side to the entitlement thing, which is the negative side that mm -hmm. you could see, the positive side that you can see is it gives somebody a sense of dignity it, to be able to earn their food rather than stand in a line with a handout, That's which exactly. the vast majority of people I've found, they really don't want to do no. that. No, you're right. And this way they... They feel dignified right. in what they're doing. And again, that's in our logo, to love, to feed, to dignify. And most of them will tell you that one of the reasons they keep coming back is, one, they'll tell you, it it keeps me out of trouble. I'm off the street. You and know? the food's good. And the food's great. That's usually number one. The food's great. It keeps me off the street. And three, almost all of them have said in at one time or another, it lets me give back to the community that is given to me. That is awesome. Yeah. And don't you think just a little bit of it is, is to be able to go into a restaurant and be surrounded by people that treat them mm -hmm. kindly as human yeah. beings is uplifting for their soul. Yep. They don't feel like losers. Yeah. And, and I will say I have never seen anybody, if anything – our paying customers have they they care more about the people that are coming to volunteer if one of our volunteers doesn't hasn't shown up for a while somebody'll come up to me and say hey where what happened they? to joe wow yeah. or hey what happened to so and so that's funny they want to know where so they it are. really is a community it is a community it is we'll be right back 
you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I've hit on it a couple of times, um, and and I and and I think it's, I think candidly, it's it's maybe because, um, maybe I'm jaded about it, uh, but I you know I I continue to have this image of a banker in a suit uh, <laughs> and a lawyer and maybe an architect or people who we or a doctor or nurse or someone we would think more from a professional setting sitting at a community table Mm -hmm. with some local homeless Mm -hmm. and um how odd that really is Mm -hmm. um and when i when i when i think a little more deeply about that from more of a thirty thousand foot view um, that is, uh, that's exactly what we really have become socially is polarized is mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the idea of a, of a community where the blue collar, the white collar and the middle income all go to school together and do things together mm-hmm. politically, socially, religiously, we've just become so clannish and mm-hmm. so polarized and so separated that it's just hard for me to even imagine this eclectic group of people mm-hmm. sitting around eating lunch at mm-hmm. community cafe. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful, but I guess I, I guess I've been conditioned to think that that's just not something that would normally happen yet. You're proving it is. Mm-hmm. And I just can't help but wonder you're obviously very smart and you have a worldview. You, you have, children from three different continents. Um, I've heard you say you're a Christian, but I've also heard you say that doesn't matter in the big scheme of things to who mm-hmm. eats at the cafe. So you obviously have a, a large worldview. Um, what, what do you think it says about your little cafe in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, and who's dining together and how atypical that is. What what do you think? What, what do you think is a greater social narrative regarding that? 
um, gosh, I don't even know what to say about it, except that, you know, when you see it, and, you know, it's kind of weird because, <clears throat> you know, I'd like to say that when I see it, um, you know, people coming together, that it's not always obvious. Um, mm. But it's but usually, it is obvious, isn't but it? But it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And it's really obvious um, that that people, I think, are... You know, what I'm seeing is that people are really willing to sit and dine with somebody that they would not have maybe even crossed paths with, except in the cafe or out on the street. But the street's not always the best place. You know, it's, hey, how are you today? You know, whatever. But just to see people, um, one of my volunteers sitting by himself, you know, waiting on his lunch to come and maybe he's even planned on taking it with him to go and somebody will come up and say, hey, can I join you for lunch at a big table and other tables empty? Um, and and then I also think of another uh, six or seven guys and guys and gals, an older couple that I'm not even sure they knew this man. But now if if they're all in the cafe together, they're all sitting together. They've all become friends. They all know that, you know, the first one to come in will sit at the table and they'll be sure that they sit at one of the big tables. So they're friends <laughs> that they've made at the cafe that aren't anywhere. With, with people that are, to, to, with today's societal preconceived notion says don't belong at a table right. together. Right, exactly. Exactly. And An older, I, I, I very that, wealthy, retired couple, you know, a banker, a um, fellow that's living in um, uh, subsidized housing, you know, it, it just... All sitting there eating together. All sitting there eating together. And it, having it, deep conversation, not just sitting there together. Not they're sitting together. there saying hi, they're exactly. talking. Exactly. Right. I mean, having very deep conversation. Isn't it interesting that despite all the political and societal rhetoric that at the end of the day what breaks it down is a cup of soup yeah yeah or a cup of coffee or a cup of coffee yeah or salad yeah yep. it's 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 phenomenal and and if you think about it i mean you you provide a place that's uh safe to do that yeah and that's yeah and and, that- and maybe that maybe the greater social narrative is part of our division and separation is because we don't have a safe place to exchange those ideas exactly and conversation i think so i think so so maybe we need to turn the capitol building into a big old community cafe in the in dc why not why not or our libraries or or our yeah you know i i think about going into the library and you know because oftentimes you know People that are looking for shelter will go hang out in a library. That's absolutely true. They're kind of over there, you know? (laughs) And you don't want your children to go over there. Come on, children, let's go to the. (laughs) So, but I think people are becoming, I honestly do think that, um, I don't know since when, but I have seen that that people are more willing to actually uh, engage engage, mm -hmm, and have a conversation. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that gives me some hope. Yeah. And even a, even a hard conversation. I mean, you know, I've heard conversations where uh, I think of one gentleman in particular that comes in the cafe almost every day as a paying customer that will sit and ask one of our homeless, truly homeless, how'd you end up? How'd you end up on the streets? And most of the time, you know, he's had a conversation or two with them. He's seen them over time. He's earned that right to actually delve into deeper conversation. And he doesn't feel afraid. And therefore, to ask those hard questions. And therefore, that person doesn't feel you know, afraid insulted. to tell or insulted or afraid to say, well, you know, my, I made stupid choices. But the, the growth that comes from that, instead of yeah. looking at a homeless person as a drag on society and looking at him as a human right. and understanding their story. Yes. Um, you know, pretty much all of us are a couple of mistakes away from being right there, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to find a place that can serve them and give them dignity is is beautiful. And I and I think it's so interesting that the eclectic collection of people sitting around a cup of soup having those conversations <laughs> is so telling about what's missing in our society yeah. today. Yes. Um so I imagine with all the people that pass in and out of the doors of the cafe, there's um, there's ample opportunity for you to also mentor mm-hmm. in the in a small way. Mm-hmm. I, I know you're not running a cafe and a and a social workplace, but it's ample opportunity. Have you been able to to have you been able to help some of the folks that are volunteers at the cafe to find steady employment mm-hmm. and forever homes and things like that? Absolutely. Um, most of the time, I, when when I think about ones that we've helped out, it's usually been we we have in the past had social work interns from the colleges around, and that's always a great. Oh, well, that's helpful. It's incredible. I love having them. As a matter of fact, I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm supposed to get in touch with somebody about getting one for January. So <laughs> that I'm glad I'm here thinking about it. But um, we have had the good fortune to have some community service volunteers or, or some uh, social work interns that have come in and set up programs just where they'll help somebody write a resume or mm. fill out a job application, give them job skills and I think of one fella, and it's been more than one, but I think of one fella in particular that has been volunteering probably since almost the beginning that has had permanent employment. Um, Now he's been let go from a couple places, but he never has trouble finding a job. And he probably has been working seven years. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I think of a couple other guys that I don't even see anymore because they they have, I mean, in in the greatest sense, they don't need you. Exactly. Exactly. But that's, but that's great news. Occasionally they'll pop in and say, Hey, but don't see them on a regular basis because most of the time they work, you know, they'll end up working nights at a factory or something like that and sleep from where they were. Exactly. Exactly. And that's another fantastic reward. Yep. Amazing. There, uh, in in my experience coaching football, 
There have been highs, there have been lows, 30 years of it, around 30 years of kids. There's always highs and lows. There's always excitement and sadness and everything else. And there are a few times that, that just emotionally, I was so touched. Do you have, do you have a story from your time at Community Cafe that is just deeply emotionally touching to you that, that, that kind of speaks to the, the depth of the cafe? Yeah. One in particular, there's two stories that I think of, and one one is very short. I'll share it um, first. Uh, there was a young gentleman I'd never seen before. The Greyhound bus station used to be right across the street from us. Um, it is now Doze Eat Place. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's wow. really cool. Yeah, that is um, cool. But anyways, the bus station was right there. This fellow walked in the cafe, and it was freezing. It was just a couple years ago, probably two years ago came in the cafe and he had on short sleeves and he had on blue jeans and a, and tennis shoes and nothing And it was else. literally and freezing it outside? it was literally freezing. I mean, it was probably 20 degrees out. My guess is he just got out of jail He had just something. gotten out of jail, had been dropped How off. How did they the let him out of jail without I, a jacket? I don't know. I mean, look, I know. he paid his debt to society. Exactly. I, and I know society can't provide you a house they're going right. to give you a bus ticket and 50 bucks whatever right. but at least a jacket yeah. when it's freezing outside yeah and exactly and you know if nothing else i mean if 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 somebody can't pay for it i mean if if the community can't or the government can't pay for a jacket or a sweater at least for these people all they have to do is say hey let's you know maybe that's something that somebody could start i just had this there's an idea exactly jackets for felons jackets for felons (laughs) but seriously why not i mean i have people all the time that call and want to you know bring you know clothing and jackets or whatever jackets and hats and stuff like that so why not so this young man gets off the ground he comes in and he is does he know what community cafe is no no he just sees something open right because i i don't know if I don't know if the bus station was open. I'm guessing it probably was, but he and I don't know if there if maybe they weren't allowed to just you know linger in the bus station. And he knew nothing about Jackson. He had come into Jackson for a party or something like that, or to visit a friend. Was at a party. I think probably got thrown in jail for public drunkenness. Did his time. Got out. Was trying to head back to wherever he was from. I don't even remember where it was. And had on a red t-shirt and blue jeans and tennis shoes. And it was freezing out. And he was sitting there and he said, can I have, can I have a cup of coffee? And I said, absolutely, you can have a cup of coffee. I said, let me get you some coffee. And he said, what is this place? So I (laughs) told him and he said, can I volunteer? And I said, I tell you what, I said, you can volunteer, but not until we get you warmed up. And I went downstairs. It was one of those times that somebody had dropped off blankets and, you know, stuff like that, which a lot of people will do, especially in the winter. And I went downstairs and dug through what we had, and I got him a hat, and I got him gloves, and I got him a scarf, and I got him a jacket, and I got him a blanket, and I wrapped him up. And he looked at me and he said, I haven't been treated like this since my grandmother died. And I thought I was going to. I thought I was just going to open up and weep right then. He was probably early 30s or so. You know that means he hadn't felt loved. Exactly. Since his grandmother Exactly. And... Did you tell him I'm not old enough to be a grandmother? Shut up. (laughs) I did. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Hey. Are you telling me I look like your grandmother? 
I've no, got that kids is, your age. That is the sweetest thing. But ever. it did. It yeah, it really touched was me. Was he and was he tearing up? Was he almost he was, emotional from was, just being yes, loved? He was yes, he was very emotional. And um he sat there and he got warm and he drank a cup of coffee and he had another cup of hot water just holding it to keep his to get his hands warm and then he said okay what can I do and he went to work for about 30 40 minutes and I said okay it's time for you to eat I said your bus is going to be here in about 45 minutes I said you need to you need to eat and get out get out of here and when he got ready to go he came up and he said I'd really like to hug you and I said you're welcome to hug me and I said I'd really like to pray for you and you know, when people come into the cafe, they will frequently ask if we're a Christian ministry or, you know, if everybody in there is Christians. And I'm kind of like, well, why does that really matter? And I'll say, no, you know, not everyone in here is that I, you know, that I know of. But my family and I, yeah, we're Christians. And, you know, but it says it there on the door to love, to feed, to dignify. And that's what we're trying to do. And I had never felt called to pray for somebody, but I really and truly felt the Holy Spirit saying, you need to ask this man if you can pray for him. And I asked him, and he said, I wish you would. <laughs> so anyways, that was one. And then the second time was one of the gentlemen that we had, my family had gotten to know through Church Without Walls before the cafe opened was kind of like the bad dude in downtown Jackson. His street name was Cadillac, and everybody was afraid of Cadillac, and everybody wanted to war warn me about Cadillac. You know that guy that's back there washing your dishes? You know you better watch out for him. He's a he's a snake, you know? And I was like, I've known Cadillac for about four years. Cadillac, if, if I was down here, you know, one evening and left the cafe, if I was down here working, you know, and was leaving the cafe and got in trouble, Cadillac would probably come from, you know, out of nowhere like Superman to save, you know, me. He loved, he was so attracted to my family that I, I know that man would have done anything for us. Well, he was going to get to go see his mother in Gary, Indiana. And, and uh, was he a street person in Jackson? Mm -hmm, he was completely a street person. And yes, completely homeless. And I, I knew where he stayed a lot of the time because he would ask us if we could buy him some kerosene, I guess it is, for a kerosene heater in the winter. And I'd say, well, you know, Cadillac, I said, well, we only called him Cadillac outside the cafe. I told him, I said, you can't use your street name in here. So you can come on outside. <laughs> no, I never did that. But um, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We don't allow them to use street names inside. So anyways, I just told him, I said, Kenneth, I said, you know, I can I can loan you some money for some kerosene, but I'm going to go buy it for you. You know, how's that sound? Because one, I don't I don't like to make a habit of just handing out money. Now, bus passes will occasionally do and whatnot. But I said, I'll loan it to you. I said, but I need you back here, you know, on Friday and you're going to help do us close down or something like that. And he was like, OK, OK, I'll be more. Yes, that'd be great. So anyways, we. And I knew where he'd stay because my husband would usually drop it off or our, my older son would drop it off. So anyways, he was supposed to go to Gary, Indiana to see his mom one weekend. And this was on like a Wednesday. And he said, I really need some help. He said, I promise if you can help me. He said, and I, 
he said, I need my medications refilled. And I said, well, yeah, I can. And he wasn't asking me to pay for them because he, he got them for free. No, he, um, it was just, no, you know, I don't think that Kenneth really had any mental health issues. I just think he had, he had just made a lot of really bad choices and in his life. Out. And he would, yeah, and he would tell you that. And he was probably in his 50s. Well, I was just wondering if the, yeah. the medicine was like lithium or yeah. something. Yeah, no, no, no. He, it was his blood pressure medication and something else. And and he, he was using drugs. I mean, we we knew that. And I had several times said, Kenneth, you can't come in today. You know, I can tell huh. you've been using something. Yeah. And he always understood, okay, okay, I'll be back tomorrow, something like that. So anyways, he asked me if I would get his medications refilled. He said, I just need a way to get them. And I said, sure. I said, give me, you know, your prescription. And I said, I'll get them refilled for you. I'll have them down here no later than Friday. I said, because I know you're leaving Saturday or Sunday. We didn't come in on Thursday, which was really unusual. And then he didn't show up on Friday to pick up his medications. And then I was down at the... um, farmer's market downtown on Saturday and a friend of mine and I were this sounds so mean cruel but I said I haven't seen Kenneth lately I hope he's not laying up there in his bed and can't get up he's frozen to death or something no way Monday he did not freeze to death Monday after I got home from the cafe somebody called and said have you seen Facebook WBBJ or something like that. And I said, no, what? And they said, Kenneth is missing. And I said, what? And I said, well, maybe he went on to his mom's and just didn't get. And they said, no, Kenneth is missing. Like his mom has called and said he was supposed to be at her house Sunday night and he's missing. So I hung up and I called, or I, yeah, I hung up and I called the police and I said, my understanding is that Kenneth is missing and I know where he usually stayed, and he was dead. He had either OD'd or, yeah. And, you know, he was just kind of one of those guys in Jackson that you either loved him or you you didn't necessarily love him, him. but you liked him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you feared him. And, um, you know, to our family, he was one of those. Isn't isn't it inevitable in this work, though, that you're going to have people that— You're going to deal with some of that. Yeah, yeah. We've had we've had a we've had a couple, you know, of our volunteers that have passed away, and it's always it's it's very sad. But those those two stories. I think it's hilarious that the homeless are not referred to as the freebies or whatever. They're your volunteers. Yeah, they're our volunteers. Yeah, we don't we don't say, oh yeah, he's homeless. You know, yeah. he's yeah, a volunteer. He volunteers. Yeah. And they can come in with dignity and mm-hmm. not say, mm-hmm. I need a free meal. I'm I'm here to volunteer. Yeah. And when yep. I'm through volunteering, you can feed me. <laughs> yep. 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 Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And they do. They they come in and they say, I'm I'm here to volunteer. So Which implies I yes. need food. Yes. I'm here to eat, but I'm yeah. gonna do my work first. Yep. And by the way, we do also have community service volunteers. So we have people Sure. Kids from that need community service hours for school, you know, the whole... Uh, what's That's it? cool. Yeah. The whole community college yeah, group that. that now has to volunteer eight at But you're an approved, you, but you're an approved right. place for them mm-hmm. to get those mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. which is also very nope. cool. I've also... <laughs> we've also had... Um, what are they called? The whole SCOs or whatever from the schools and then, you know, kids that are in a school or, uh, you know, or have been 
technically suspended from school. Yeah, yeah they can I'll get have their community their, service I'll hours. have their, yeah. And it is so funny because they come in and they're almost always there for a week, sometimes longer. And they come in and they are mad. They and do not edgy. want to be there. They hate you. They hate your food. They hate their mama. <laughs> and everything is they stupid. Hate, yes. <laughs> and I cannot tell you, I, as a matter of fact, I can't tell you of one that has left that place going, this is the stupidest place I've ever seen. They come back and I'll say, now, look, I want to see you back, but I want to see you back on different terms. And they'll say, yes, ma'am, Miss Amy, I'm going to behave. I'm going back to school and I'm going to behave and I'm going to come visit. And sometimes they do. They come back to visit. I love those. Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. We'll be right back. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I mean, this is beautiful, but there is a, you know, profits are a necessary measure of any organization's success. Right. And although you're a nonprofit, right. you still have, you have staff. Yeah. There's yeah. paid staff in the yep. kitchen and all. So is there enough money coming in from revenue from the food to cover staff? Or do you also raise money? Well, we, we do when we need to. <laughs> really? Yeah, we really do. So you run it to just... Cover the bills, cover staff, and exactly. get out of there. And that's that. And if you're a little short, you'll go out to the community and say, hey, we need help. Yep. And how's the community respond to that? Incredible. Um, two years after we opened, we kind of had a dry spell. And I basically sent just hit it on Facebook. Um, I could probably pull it up right now. It was probably two or three years into it. And I said, hey, I said, community, cafe, friends, and peeps. I said, you know, here's what's going on. You know, we need to keep the lights on. We need to keep buying food. We haven't seen you in a while, basically, is what it said. I can't even remember. If we don't get some revenue, we're not going to be here. Exactly. And I can write, if I have some time to think of it, I must say I can can write. You can write a nice letter. Yeah, Yeah, you can get out there. So I did. And I just said, we need your help. This, This is not about keeping us in a job. This is not about 
I'm not making any money doing this. It's not about me. Exactly. It's about the... I said, this is your cafe. It's Community Cafe, the Jackson Community. If you want to see these doors remain open, we need your help. And they came out and they helped. I had people that sent checks. I had businesses that sent checks. I had people that said, hey, I can't give any extra than more than a dollar or two per meal, but I'll do that and I'll bring in friends. I had people that called and said or emailed and said, I can't, I, I'm a handyman. You know, so I had this whole list of people that were willing to say, if you need this, don't pay for it. Let let us let me know, and I can come and help you do this. And let's be reminded as we're listening to you: this is in Jackson, in Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah. We're not talking about a big city with a lot of people right. that deal with right. urban type problems. Yep. And I guess my point is, if you can pull this off in Jackson, oh yeah, anybody, it can be done yeah. anywhere, anywhere with the right attitude, the right yep. love, and the right effort. Yep. And let me tell you one of the best stories, and I think you're kind of trying to wrap this up, but one of the best stories is that 2020. Actually, I was going to ask you, tell mm-hmm. me one of your best mm-hmm. stories. 2020. <laughs> so interestingly enough, our soup kitchen closed the doors. You, not your... Not, 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 not the cafe. Cafes. We're not a the soup kitchen. Jackson had a soup kitchen for the underserved. Mm-hmm. And, and they closed, closed their doors. Why did they it were, close? They were doing box meals, I think, and some, you know, Privately here Privately funded by a church or something, probably? Uh, they, they get federal funding or... How does something get federal that. funding close? Maybe maybe they don't get federal funding. I guess I shouldn't say that. But let's just say... They closed. They closed. They uh, ran they out were of money. Doing, they didn't run out of money. What they run out of? They didn't. They felt like they needed to be closed to the public during COVID. Like oh, people. yeah. That, I'm sorry, I'm missing. Oh, I'm sorry. So sorry, during sorry. COVID, yes, during they COVID, closed. They closed, which means there's people in your community. Mm-hmm. That's probably the meal they get. Exactly. Or one. Of, yeah. So, anyways, and they also said, "Hey, can we send them down to you?" we're closed we can't stay open but we're gonna let you handle it yeah go down the street though and they were again they were doing some boxes box lunch and bags of groceries and stuff like that but when you think about it that doesn't help the truly homeless because they don't have anywhere to prepare that food so anyways (laughs) we closed for about only about three weeks to dine in maybe five weeks at most i can't even remember now we closed to dine in, but we set up in not outside in front, but just in the front of the cafe. We set up and had box lunches, and anybody could come and and get a box lunch. We were serving probably sixty people a day for free. Where did the <laughs> revenue for that come from? Well, uh, yep. So we had people still coming in, you know, that were out and about, you know, it did, right. everything shut down for a while, but we still had some that were at the courthouse in downtown and some of our regular customers that would drive down and go, hey, I want lunch, you know, and they'd come and they'd get lunch and, you know, they'd pay more than theirs, what their suggested donation was. But I also wrote a letter to businesses in the community, especially in downtown and especially some of our customers that I knew owned businesses that frequented the cafe. And I said, look, 
we're serving, you know, 60 people a day that aren't paying and cannot pay a nickel for their lunch that need to eat. We need to feed these people. We need some help. And again, the Jackson community rose above and beyond, and we made it through COVID. <laughs> that is just phenomenal. so. Yeah, it was. It was really that was that was probably one of the highlights of yeah of my it, time. But at the if, cafe. if you ever wondered about <clears throat> humanity, humanity, yeah. it restores your faith. In it does it. absolutely. If you have faith in humanity, it it's a it's a reminder that. Um, you know, if you're doing things the right way and for the right reasons, and you simply ask, help often will come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, it's it's so cool to, to think about when you opened all your kids. I guess washing windows, washing dishes, and mm-hmm. doing whatever the Absolutely. heck it is their mom told them to yep. do. Exactly. For, for <laughs> and sure. And not always liking it either. <laughs> for sure. Um, but sometime. During the nine-year process of this, you you lost a child. We did, we did, and it was Cooper. It was Is Cooper. that right? Yep, yep. And- it was Cooper. He was our uh, second adopted from China, and Cooper was seventeen years old. And um, Cooper, Had he worked. He'd worked in the restaurant. Oh yeah, oh yeah. People knew Cooper. Yeah, people knew Cooper. Yeah, Cooper's teeny tiny. Um, but Cooper had a huge personality. He used to tell some of his funniest th- lines were, uh, he used to tell my brother who was single, um, until after, well, shortly before Cooper died, um, he would tell Craig, my brother, he'd say, Craig, you got any girlfriends? And he'd say, no. He goes, you need to get on match.com and get you a wife. <laughs> How old was he? He was Cooper. 10, probably, at 10. the time when he started that. <laughs> and then he also loved country music. So you see this little Chinese fella singing country music at the top of his lungs. And he used to tell us that he was going to be the first Chinese country <laughs> music star. You know, your own, oh, a political correctness almost says I'm not supposed to laugh about yes. that. But you're his mom, and oh, you're laughing, so oh, I'm allowed to yeah. laugh about heck that. Yeah, you can laugh that. Because that is funny. Because we laughed about it. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even tell you the the Cooper stories. I mean, there are so many Cooper stories. And when we get, all get together, like we were all together at Christmas this year, some of the stories that came out, um, yeah, just... I, and some I was kind of like, oh, I, I really don't want to hear that one. I don't want to hear that yeah, one. I don't want to hear that one. We so, had a catwalk at our house, and I found out just at our house in Jackson. And underneath on either side, there was a den and a couch. And they used to jump off the catwalk, the catwalk onto, the couch. onto the couch when, when I was you were not looking, there. Yes, or when I was, yeah. Well, that's what kids so do. So just crazy. Well, our kids did stupid stuff. Oh, like yeah. That and too. I was like, no. So how'd you lose Cooper? So Cooper, um, you know, we don't honestly know. We really did not feel like Cooper took his own life. Um, I'm so sorry. We did not know that Cooper had any inkling that, you know, he was, we had no idea that he was unhappy. Um, Cooper had been, Cooper was, um, he had some learning disabilities in school, so I do think that he kind of struggled with not socially, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and not really feeling like he was as smart as his other brother that was only you know four months older than he is, mm. Mac. Um, 
he uh he had homeschooled he, he really kind of didn't fit in he's one of the one of the reasons we moved out to uh Milan went to uh Gibson County School District he and Leah needed something more than what they were being served in schools in Jackson um and he had homeschooled a couple times off and on. He actually did a homeschool class in the eighth grade that met in the upstairs of the cafe with three kids. You're and kidding. it was phenomenal. It was <laughs> the most fun. And it was probably the best year of Cooper's life. And he, so many people at the cafe got to know Cooper from him being down there literally every day and, and got to know the true person his personality and who he was and just loved him and he loved to fish and he would talk to you for hours on end about fishing but he and Mac had been fighting and I I, I think I think Mac has moved on beyond you know feeling like you know maybe if I didn't fight with him you know uh, maybe that's, if that's we, a tough thing yeah, that's a tough burden to bear but there's so many there's yeah. so much more deep-seated things right. than an argument right. for somebody to go there. Right. And I'll also say Cooper was on ADHD medication, and, and I'm not blaming. I, I'm not at all blaming any of the no, medications the or what, but he was on ADHD medication, and he was also on growth hormones. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of wonder if all of a sudden all of that had kind of come old, together. Was he? he was 17. Well, yeah. Combined with yeah. everything clicking in yeah. a seventeen-year-old boy's yes. mind and body, which is exactly. utter chaos, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Jim and I had unfortunately just left for Italy um, mm-hmm. for a two-week vacation, and Mac and Cooper had kind of been at each other, but it had calmed down, and I thought everything was good. Um, and actually, when we left them, I gave them a big old hug, and I said, hey, I said, you know, if you have any problems, I said, you can you can always um, email me, or, you know, I've got service, you can text me. And I said, Cooper, I said, just be the bigger man. Just don't, you know, just don't let him get to you, because I think that that was kind of you know, what happened sometimes was, you know, they'd get arguing and one of them would say something and Cooper wore his feelings on his sleeve and he could definitely get um, injured pretty quick to the heart. Um, So, and he said, I will, mom, I will. And um, we, I think my understanding is that they went shopping the next day, Sunday, they all went to Old Navy and had a big time and no telling what was on my credit card. That, <laughs> But anyways, I think it was Monday afternoon. He got in a little bit of trouble at school. He had um, was on. He was actually emailing me on his, uh, not his iPad, whatever his little thing was. Because we, we kind of are those, you know, weird people that don't give our kids technology, you know, for a while. But that he had some sort of, weird. That I know, I know, parents. I'm kidding. But he had some sort of, you know, little whatever those things were called, tablets. And he was emailing me during his uh, uh, resource time where he was supposed to be doing some extra studying and stuff. And he told his teacher, he said, well, I'm already done. That's why I'm on it. I'm just going to email my mom. And she said, Cooper, you know you can't be on that, you know, during class. Bring it up here. So he took it up there and he put it on the desk. Well, she went into the next room, connecting room to... um, 
help a student and he got it off her desk. So he got in trouble for that. And then he got mouthy, which Cooper could definitely get mouthy, and he got in trouble. And he did not like that he got in trouble. And they asked him, I can't remember, I think they told him he was going to be suspended for a day. And um, the teacher walked him out to whoever we had a babysitter or a sitter, you know, <laughs> for all the kids. Um, and she walked, the teacher walked him out and said, you know, Cooper can't come to school tomorrow. You know, he's been in trouble. He's was disrespectful and um and that just did it. I mean, he just, I guess, we don't know what happened, but he wandered off on the property, uh, said he was going for a walk. We live on about 80 acres, um, and uh, they couldn't find him. And they got started getting a little worried as it started getting a little drizzly out, and it was the end of October and was getting cool out. And, you know, I got this call that he was missing, and I had, we at the time still owned our house in Jackson. So we had um, somebody drive over the house in Jackson. Our older son had come over and, you know, was helping look for him. The police department had been called. Um, long story short, um, they found that my, our oldest son found him the next day. Um, and he had taken his own life. I'm so sorry. And Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, my, as it pertains <clears throat> to our story... Yeah. Um, that we're telling for you <laughs> is um, we all struggle. Mm -hmm. We all deal with pain. Mm -hmm. And you've had this amazing life with these kids and this husband of yours. And the two of you must be partners in crime to, to do what you've done, creating the United Nations in Jackson <laughs> and... And the amazing work with Community Cafe. But nobody's life is perfect no. in Peaches and Roses. Mm -hmm. And we all do with sadness and pain and difficulty. And that's just what makes us normal people. Yeah. Um, and this happened in the middle of you operating the cafe. Mm -hmm. It had to have... Did you ever question, do I want to keep doing this? I mean, was, was it... Mm -hmm. I mean... How do you persevere in the face of that? I yeah. guess is what I'm asking yeah. you. Um, no, I I did take about a month off. Um, and, you know, there I'll be very honest and say there are still days that, um, you know, I get up and think, I don't want to do anything. You know, I don't want to do anything. And um, and there were a lot of those days. Um but I also knew and I'd always said that um, the cafe was my happy place. Mm. And even though I knew that first day back was going to be really hard, Miserable. my husband was absolutely fabulous. Um, he had already said, when you're ready to go back, I'll go with you. You know, um, you don't have to go by yourself. I know that's going to be hard. Um, and and that was a really good thing because I think maybe he had already been down there because a lot of times he would go, you know, he went back to work and the hospital's not very far from the cafe. Um, maybe he had been back for lunch. 
Um, I'm pretty sure he had because I think I remember him saying so-and-so asked about you today. But the two of us went back together, um, you know, kind of as a united front. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, no one, it was amazing because I, I just thought, I don't want people to feel like they can't say, I'm so sorry to hear about Cooper. And, um, you know, what do you say to a mom? Exactly. That's so hard. Exactly. Everybody's dying inside for you, but they also right. don't want to say anything to hurt you. Right. So the the natural inclination is to just not say not anything. Not say anything. Yeah. Except I think people have, I think people in general, like, across the board, have gotten much better at dealing with death and dying, and probably especially now after COVID, even though that was pre-COVID. But I I don't remember one person just, you know, floating over it, not saying anything that that actually knew. But for you, that was probably therapeutic. It was very therapeutic. And it was, again, I mean, I had for so many years said that the cafe was my happy place, that I needed to be back there. Um, I I like to tell people that isn't I, that amazing that it's called Community Cafe yeah. and it was your community yeah. too. Yeah. We'll be right back. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. You know, I love to tell people that I am actually a an extroverted introvert, and I, I truly am. I've got a daughter that is an extroverted introvert also, meaning that, I, well, you know what that means. I mean, I, I love people, and I love being with people, but I also love my own time. But I think I had had enough of my own time, and it was time to put on my boots and put on my apron and and head back. And, you know, I knew that I eventually had to, you know, see everybody. And so, I mean, the reality is one day I woke up your life has to go on. Exactly. So it's amazing. It's amazing that in the middle of all of this, you had to endure such pain and heartache and persevered through it. But it is unfortunately just part of a human being's narrative. We have setbacks and we have painful Mm -hmm. 
horrific, traumatic things, but it doesn't mean we stop. Right. I was going to say, but you you can't stop living. You you can't just quit. And and you know, unfortunately, I've known a couple people that have have actually lost sons um, taking their own life since Cooper. Um, and you know that that's my one thing is is I, I never give advice, but if somebody says, "How do you do it?" You know, you you just you have to keep moving. Take that time. Take that time to take care of yourself. You know, and I think you're, you, I, you know, I just relied on it was the Holy Spirit for me saying, okay, Amy, you know, you're up, you're up and moving this morning. It's time for you to go back to the cafe. And that's basically what it was. It was just, you know, I just felt like, okay, I can go and I, I need to go and, and love my people. It's phenomenal. So. Amazing story. And, you know, the best thing is, is that people also know now that no, everybody knows that, that, and everybody will, every once in a while, somebody will come up and say, I just thought about something that Cooper told me one time, and they'll share it with me. Cooper's teacher actually gave me, his homeschool teacher from upstairs at the cafe, one day said, I have something for you. And she had found some of his papers. So she gave me his papers from school, and she also gave me, in that little bag, there was a fun-sized candy bar, because he used to say, I'm not I'm not little, I'm just fun size. <laughs> and he was. And then also, for her birthday that year, so embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to say it. He dug through my supply of candles because he knew I loved candles and he thought she would love candles. Well, he didn't bother to check to be sure that the candle was a new candle. So he gave her a <laughs> hot can- candle. <laughs> hey, it's a thought that counts. <laughs> so anyways, well, yeah, there you go. Cooper's legacy clearly lives on in you Cooper's and in the community cafe. On. He's a kook. <laughs> <laughs> It's an amazing story. So let's say somebody's listened to us and mm-hmm. they think, I want to do that in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they reach you and find out how to do it? They are more than welcome to call me at the cafe. Um, that number, What's the number? It's 731-300-4674. And they are welcome to if they really want to touch base with me on my cell phone because I usually only go in on Thursday and Friday now. I've got a great staff. Um, they can talk to Tina or Austin, and almost always they will either What about say, email you if they want to email you? They can you. email me, and I don't mind giving that out. That is because uh, they can find it on the website. It's communitycafejackson at gmail.com. Perfect. But again, call Come by, see what we're all about, 218 East Main Street in Jackson, Tennessee. Or if they don't want to open a cafe and they just feel called to serve about a thousand people, they can drop you a check in the mail. They can drop us a check in the mail. And we, you know what, I, I, I never pretend like, oh, we're making it. It's going to be great, you know, because my the guy that does my finances would be like, Amy, <laughs> looking at what you are crooked. you talking about? <laughs> I'm the one paying the bills. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we've got, I think on our Facebook page or on our website, Community Cafe Jackson, 
I think there's a donate button there. There's a donate button on our Facebook page. Our Facebook and our Instagram always has the menu. We love having out-of-town company come through and say, hey, I just heard about you and wanted to come have lunch. It's an incredible story, and you're an incredible person. (laughs) And I want everybody to go back to the beginning of our conversation. Mm -hmm. If you can start a community cafe or some other name with a cool acronym, but something like this, mm-hmm. with 10 children driving around a 12-passenger <laughs> van like a bus driver at Walmart, if you can do it- Anybody can do it. Anybody yes. really can do yes. this and, and make a difference in so many people's yeah. lives. And it's just a perfect example of government proves woefully and inadequate helping the underserved and the homeless, but just a normal person in the middle of the community seeing a, a place of need and saying, I can help, can make all the difference yeah, in the world. Exactly. And the payoff is, how enriched has your life been oh, from it? Absolutely. absolutely. And it has, I, I think more than anything, it has probably, it has made our children who they are and who are who they are becoming just kind respectful, always wanting to help. Probably really appreciative. Yeah, very appreciative. And yeah, it's just, you know, shown them that somebody doesn't have to walk the same walk or look the same way or, you know, go to a certain school or a certain church or whatever to to be a friend, you know, and you can be a friend to anybody and, you know, be there to help out when you're called to help out. So you and your husband, Jim, right? Jim. Mm -hmm. You and your husband, Jim have been, um, (laughs) uh, uh, the family you've built and the way you built it. And then to, to, for him to build the, the furniture and for you to do what you've done and involve your children and your entire family is, is a blessing for Jackson and your story is a blessing for all of us listening. And um, maybe just maybe somebody has heard this story and they thought, well, I only have two kids. I can do this in Topeka mm-hmm. or something else. And, and we'll feel called to it. Mm-hmm. And they know how to get in touch with you now. Mm-hmm. And Amy, it has been an absolute pleasure to share your story. And you, my friend are absolutely a member of the army of normal folks. <laughs> glad to be a member of the army of normal folks you, you are although i kind of think sometimes i'm not really very normal <laughs> <laughs> jim and i actually always talk about we're not normal <laughs> yeah well the two kids and everything else isn't normal, Makes us abnormal. But, you, but you're also not some preordained exactly. politician or nope. somebody else whose quote job it is to do yep. this you're just a normal person yeah. who saw a place to fill it and has done so in such a magnificent way, both in your family and in your community. And I just can't thank you enough for joining me. It's been a fun ride. <laughs> thank you, Amy. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. If Amy or another guest has inspired you in general, or better yet, to take action by visiting Community Cafe or a similar cafe elsewhere, donating to them or even starting one in your community or something else entirely, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us. Guys, 
just two days ago, I got an email from a guy in Florida who's been helping a guy in Haiti with an orphanage. And he was inspired by Luke Mickelson's story that you might remember, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, building beds for kids that don't have any. And now this guy who runs an orphanage in Haiti is now having the kids in his orphanage build beds for other kids in Haiti who don't have beds. If that is not an unbelievable example of the power of an army of normal folks, I don't know what is. Even better yet, we're going to have this gentleman from Haiti come on as a guest in the future, and you're going to get to hear about all his story, which started from Luke Mickelson's story. See, guys, an army of normal folks is about building a community of people who build off one another. And if you hear about it or you see it or you want to be part of it, write me at bill at normalfolks.us. I promise you I'll respond. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends and on social, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. All the things that will continue to help us grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.